The Rangers' top prospect, Evan Carter, is absolutely annihilating double-A, and the question on everyone's mind is when should he come up? On this episode, we're looking at the entire month of April, what the Rangers' farm system has done, and that very, very important question about the Rangers' top prospect. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank y'all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. On today's show, we are breaking down the month of April for the Rangers farm system. Who was the good, the bad, and the ugly? But before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB to get 10% off your first month. Now, let's go ahead and start with my minor league player of the month award for the Rangers for April. That's right. Of course, I'm going to give it to Trevor Hover. No, I'm just kidding. It is Evan Carter. There is pretty much no other option. Evan Carter was the number one prospect on my top prospect list before this season and pretty much everywhere. I think everywhere except for MLB.com. They still had Josh Young atop the Rangers farm system prospect rankings and uh, shouts to them. They look really, really smart right now. I was really close to doing that because of my own love of Josh Young, but Evan Carter has been a fantastic player, just turned 20 in August of last year, and he has been annihilating double a just absolutely lighting that thing on fire in 18 games he had 70 at bats with the frisco rough riders he had four home runs two doubles uh there we go 21 walks to 15 strikeouts hit 343 and on base of an even 500 and slugged 543 for a 1043 ops the guy was an absolute menace he was doing lots of damage to baseballs he was playing fantastic defense in center field he was stealing bases he had uh where we go? Uh, three times caught stolen, or three times, three stolen bases to just two caught stealing. I'd like to improve that just a little bit, but the defense in center field was good. The approach at the plate was phenomenal. The more walks and strikeouts and being so advanced at his age is just really, really impressive, especially given the lack of reps that he has. We'll get into more of that in the timeline for him in just a second, but I want to give flowers early on to my pitcher of the month, the Alito, Texas native, the the former Baylor standout, the lefty in AAA, Cody Bradford, the 6'497 pound lefty, has absolutely destroyed Round Rock so far. Doing his thing, the guy is just the definition of a crafty lefty. Throws that thing exactly where he wants every single time. Does not walk people. Strikes out a decent amount and just allows the softest of soft contacts you know he went 5-0 and in that month and so far this season he has a 107 ERA in 33 and two-thirds innings that is six starts over five innings per start which is kind of a trend that innings per start are, are down quite a lot around this farm system they're 
being extra cautious with a lot of these guys. He had a pretty solid season despite the numbers last year in Frisco, really turned it around in the second half of last year and loved what I saw from him there. Have loved what I've seen from him this month. Only four and a half hits per nine, just 0.3 home runs per nine. 3.2 walks per nine probably could come down and probably will come down. His career average is 2.4 in the minors and his strikeouts per nine in the minors is 10.2. Right now it's at eight. I think that'll come up just a little bit the stuff isn't nasty but he knows exactly what he's doing with it and he executes every single timeout he has been so good in AAA, and he deserves all the flowers in the world there was a, a close call um, I also wanted to give it to another local kid Josh Steffen who is a South Grand Prairie graduate who was absolutely dominant in four starts with the Hickory Crawdads in high A 22 innings for him a 205 ERA and 26 strikeouts over 10 and a half strikeouts per nine two and a half walks per nine under five actually 4.1 hits per nine innings. Josh Steffen is the righty that I snuck onto my top 30 list at 26 before the season. I wasn't quite sure. I think MLB Pipeline was the only other publication that had him in their top 30. And I thought, you know what? This kid's numbers were pretty good. He's a 21-year-old in high A doing this in the first month of the season. Granted, it is just one month into the season, but he's been the most impressive starter so far in a Hickory Crawdads rotation that also includes Winston Santos, who didn't have the the best start also includes Mitch Bratt, Larson Kendrick, and of course, Kumar Rocker, a very deep rotation. And he has been the best starter on that staff. And so he deserves his flowers too, but I got to give it to my guy, Cody Bradford, having an ERA around one in a month uh, in AAA is, is very, very impressive. And he deserves all the credit in the world, but we're getting back to Evan Carter, who. A lot of people in the comments and casual fans around baseball are thinking, oh, come on, it's it's got to be time for Evan Carter, right? You know, you got to bring him up. And, you know, the thing is, the thing you have to remember about Evan Carter is that he really does not have that much minor league seasoning. I mean, he, he did make his full season debut as an 18-year-old. He was drafted in 2020 and then made his full season debut as an 18-year-old. He was kind of young when the Rangers drafted him out of high school. Played 30 games in 2021, but back injuries derailed that season a little bit. Did have an OPS over 800 as an 18-year-old in full season ball, which is really freaking impressive. The Rangers have a few guys who are 18 and 19 in full season ball making their full season debut that are, are not quite doing as well as Evan Carter did. Then... Last year, 2022, he played 106 games plus the six or 10 or however many it was for Frisco to win the Texas League Championship. But he only played six games in AA last season plus the 10. So at most, I think, 16 games in AA. And then this year, he's played 20 so far. And granted, he's been phenomenal in that small sample size in double a in those 26 games so far. He has an OPS over 1,000, hitting 333, five home runs, just absolutely crushing it but again that's not a whole lot of seasoning and yeah it he's a really impressive kid and yeah they have been really aggressive with how they have assigned him but there's not really a need for the Rangers to bring him up right this second I know there's frustration when you know Leody has an O for day but you know for the most part that's who he's going to be competing with Leody Tavares and so far through 17 games right now he has a 721 OPS. That is Leo Tavares did hit his first home run in that final game against the Diamondbacks. Has an on base of 317, slugging over 400, an OPS plus of 101. He's been about league average, and he is an elite defensive center fielder, one of the fastest players in all of baseball, the top 2% of sprint speed, and his arm is still one of the best in baseball. I know Evan Carter's arm is, is fine, and he's 
pretty fast and gets pretty decent jumps, but Larry Tavares is an elite, elite defensive center fielder. There is a lot of value in that, and for the long term, that is going to be his competition to move over to center field is Larry Tavares, and Tavares has had a lot of shine on him for a long time. He is still just 24 years old. He has a switch hitter, which Evan Carter doesn't do, and he's got a few more louder, you know, glove and arm and speed tools. The offense is going to play, obviously, a lot more with Evan Carter, but there is not really a need. I mean, look at this Rangers offense. The Rangers offense is so incredibly deep right now. I mean, when Corey Seager comes back, which is going to be probably next Wednesday to next Friday, sometime before that Braves series, maybe before the series on the road against the A's, then Ezekiel Duran is going to be moved off of his everyday spot. Where is he going to go? Probably in left field. That is probably where he's going to go. And then you're going to have DH Robbie Grossman, who has also been pretty good so far pretty darn good especially after that horrible 0 for 26 stretch or whatever and he's on a I think 13 game hitting streak at this point where he's been just hot as all heck and so those are the guys who would be being displaced by him or maybe you want to move Travis Jankowski off of you know having a roster spot he's got an on base of 382 slugging 400 and playing excellent defense in center field and left field he's also got five stolen bases to just one caught stealing and he's been very valuable as well so those are the guys that would be being displaced or maybe maybe you want to put him in right field and oh you want to displace <laughs> displace Adolis Garcia who was just voted the Rangers player of the month has an OPS over 800 and eight home runs and just driving in runs left right and center and being more aggressive in the strike zone and um, you know walking more and doing all the things that you want is looking like he's a true freaking superstar you want to move that guy off for a 20-year-old who is a very good prospect and doing very well in double-A? But again, it's a small sample size. And we have seen the other side of that coin when you promote guys too early. We'll get into what that means and why I'm a little worried about that. And my biggest concern in this farm one month into the season. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, and chances are you're probably one of them. Like that one streaming service that you decided to watch that one show on, you think, oh, I'll cancel the, the free trial before I before it charges me and oh well you forgot about it and here it is months later and you're still paying for it rocket money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you and any you don't want to pay for anymore just hit cancel and rocket money will cancel it for you it is that easy rocket money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorizes your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person up to $720 a year. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way go by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockdownmlb. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockdownmlb. rocketmoney.com slash lockdownmlb. Now, Evan Carter is a very good prospect. We have seen what can happen to top prospects when they get called up a little bit too early. And I think the biggest case of this in recent history is Rugnet Odor. Rugnet Odor morphed into a completely different kind of hitter than he was projected to be in the minor leagues, the one that he was in the minor leagues. He was a guy who they put a 7 on his hit tool, which means a future 300 hitter, more of a balanced approach, a guy who you know, would be able to take a walk and wouldn't hit for a whole lot of power. He was a smaller guy, and, you know, he thought, okay, well, unless he really sells out for power, it's going to be really hard for him to 
put up a bunch of home runs. And well, he had some success at the big league level early. He only had a few games above single A before the Rangers had to call him up in that awful 2014 season where literally everybody and their dog got hurt. And you know what? Rugno Dor did pretty well. He held his own and, and did okay. And for the rest of his major league career, I think that kind of stuck with him. Of, oh, well, I'm good enough. You know, I can handle it in the major leagues. I don't really need to keep working and, you know, tweaking who I am because this type of player has had some success. And he did. He did have some success. But he also just did not work at the things. He could not improve the things and make big changes that he probably would have if the Rangers had kept him down in the minor leagues a little bit longer. Maybe Norman Mazzara is, maybe he was he was ready for the big leagues. I think he probably was when the Rangers called him up, but he was another guy who was kind of in that ilk. And there was no, there was no, you know, questions about these guys' work ethic of, of Ruben Odor or Norman Mazzara. Both those guys had, you know, just the best character ratings, rave reviews about who they were as a person, but they just completely stagnated in their MLB career. It just did not get better. They were just, had success early and they were just that level of successful uh, for the rest of their MLB career. I mean, somehow Ruben Odor is, I don't think he's still on a roster at this point. Maybe he's still on the, on the Padres roster, but he has cracked the major leagues at some point this year. Maybe Mazzara will as well. I think he is somewhere in, in the Padres system because AJ Preller loves his former Ranger prospects. But um, that's one of the dangers that I worry about with Evan Carter. Not that I think that necessarily would happen to him, and we've seen it happen with other players as well. Anderson Tejeda was another guy that was called up way too early and just completely broke him. Um, and I think that that is my biggest concern about why the Rangers shouldn't feel pressure to call up Evan Carter right now. Yeah, maybe he could be a little bit better of a hitter than Robbie Grossman, or um, maybe he could be a little bit better of an overall player than Lily Tavares as an everyday center fielder. But you don't really need to take that risk right now. And I don't think that it's necessarily worth it. But one guy who has not had the best start to his season, that is Jack Leiter. I'm starting to get a little, more than a little concerned about Jack Leiter. The things that he has struggled with so far this season are the things that he has continued to struggle with in his minor league career. The numbers have not looked good in 20 innings, five starts. He's got 29 strikeouts, which is very nice, but he's also got 15 walks and five home runs. That's over two home runs per nine over six and a half walks per nine that is not sustainable the guy is not able to find the strike zone at this point i think that a demotion is is not something that's out of the question i don't know what the problem is i honestly don't know he just can't seem to locate his fastball everything glove side just misses and it's continued to miss and it just persists and persists and persists and i'm not questioning jack Leiter's ability i'm not questioning his you know character or his work ethic i, I know that this dude is battling his freaking butt off to do that i'm sure he's more pissed off at himself than than anybody else ever could be but the results have been troublesome and it's getting to the point where i'm really really worried about jack Leiter. i think maybe sending him down letting him have some success um in the minor leagues could could really benefit him. Could have in a, a lower level, I should say. Not in, he's still in the minor. He's still in Double A, and Double A was an aggressive assignment for him. And I think the Rangers learned their lesson by putting Kumar Rocker at High A, let him go have some success. And I was talking with uh, one of my colleagues at the DMN, uh, Caleb Yum, last night, and he said, "Well, what happens with Jack Leiter if you if you send him down? I mean, the strike zone is not any different in High A than it is in Double A." And my, my response to that was, it, it kind of is. I mean, the strike zone, I mean, yes, technically a different. Yeah, the umpires are a little different, probably a little bit worse at the lower levels than they are. But also the hitters are a lot worse. So even if he's not throwing things in the strike zone, he can still get some confidence of getting guys to 
chase and expand the zone a little bit more. That slider is very freaking good. Um, I think he's using that a little bit more than the curveball at this point. And um, I, I don't know what the deal is with the Jack Leiter. I really don't. I wish I did. It's the same thing with Cole Wynn of just like, uh, I don't know what the heck the deal is with those guys that are just walking everybody and allowing a crap ton home runs and do have pretty decent stuff. Lighter stuff is a little bit better than Cole Wynn's, but I am starting to get a little bit concerned. It's been a little bit of a rough start for Takoi Roba at ERA over seven at this point in five starts as a 21-year-old in double A. So these things are going to happen. He is also striking out a crap ton of guys. He is just allowing a lot of hits. He's not walking a whole bunch of guys, 2.7 walks Brian, so I'm less concerned about TK Roby or Takoa Roby. Um, Owen White is also not going a whole lot um, in, in his starts, not going very deep in his starts. Five starts for him, 21 and two-thirds innings, so just a little bit over four innings per start. The strikeouts are down just a little bit for Owen White. The velocity is down just a little bit. I think he might be pitching through something. The Rangers are taking it easy with him, but he is still out there pitching and, and putting up some successful numbers. Maybe Owen White who needs to keep his innings kind of limited to stay healthy. It seemed like in the past, maybe he's a guy who they kind of fast track and move up into the bullpen. If you're talking about guys who could really help this bullpen with some nasty stuff and, you know, knowing what they're doing with it and not walking a crap ton of guys and getting some strikeout stuff. I think that Owen White could be a candidate for that. I do still think that he is a, will be a pretty decent starter in the major leagues. Probably the, best no definitely the best pitching prospect that the rangers have right now so i'd be very hesitant to do that i would also be hesitant to do that with lighter because if he's not finding the zone in double a that he's not going to find the zone in the big leagues he does have the stuff to get big league hitters out but you don't draft a guy number two overall to just punt on him being a starter a couple years in um, not even a couple years in at this point just you know i don't know one year and one month in i have confidence that jack Leiter will figure it out but I am starting to get really concerned about him and the Rangers just not developing pitching prospects in general. It has been such a long time since the Rangers have developed any half decent starting pitchers. It is just the list is so few and far between. They have kind of Martin Perez. You can kind of count Matt Harrison. You can't really count you Darvish because he was not developed here. He was just signed and then amazing. He developed himself in Japan. But you look at the guys that seem like, you know, can't miss prospects or, you know, pretty high hit rate prospects in terms of pitching wise you had chichi gonzalez that just kind of randomly fell apart you had dylan tate the rangers drafted fourth overall and then within like a year they did basically what some people think that they should do with jack Leiter and just punt move him to the bullpen and kind of give up um they traded him like a year later basically as soon as they could uh luis ortiz is a guy who was a i believe a top 100 overall prospect in all of baseball and you know the rangers traded him and he didn't end up working out jake thompson came here and I don't even know what the heck happened with Jake Thompson. He just kind of lost the feel for his 70-grade curveball or his 70-grade slider, and that was it. And it's just like every single time with pitching prospects. That's why the Rangers have drafted so many. There's a lot of them in my top 10. I mean, the Rangers had Brock Porter and Kumar Rocker and Owen White and Jack Leiter, and I think surely, surely one of those guys is going to work out to be a pretty decent Major League starter. If one of those four doesn't, then I just – I'm. I don't know. I might burn baseball down. It's just, it's just, it has been so long and it is so important for the Rangers. Just get one, just get one, one of these guys to work out as a starter. Um, and hopefully um, that will soothe a little bit of my baseball pitching prospect angst. Cause as the old saying goes, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect coming up. We're going to look a little bit at each level, some standouts from the first month, including a super weird month for Brock Porter in his first month of minor league baseball. But first, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 
you know, if you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp is a great place for you to start. It is so easy to get caught up in what everybody else needs from you and, you know, never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all that day, all that time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools that you need to find a more balanced life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. I recently started therapy and it has been incredibly helpful. And I am a big proponent of anybody who thinks that they could benefit from therapy, trying it. And, and BetterHelp is a great option to start therapy. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB shout out to the everydayers thank y'all so much if you are listening every single day on monday show i'll be talking a little bit more about this weekend's series hopefully the rangers will have a winning series to talk about will still be atop the al west against these this angels squad and i think maybe we'll see the first dane dunning start of the year who knows but for the everydayers who want to listen to the game every single day. The Rangers take on the Angels Friday today at 8.38 Central Time. I think it's Nathan Eovaldi versus Tyler Anderson. The Rangers haven't made an official announcement on who's the starter. Maybe it's it's Eovaldi. Maybe it's Dane Dunning. You will know more so than me. You can catch the first pitch on the Hometown Broadcast on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, let's start with AAA, some look at who is doing very well there. So far, like I said, Cody Bradford is absolutely crushing it there, and that is a huge, huge benefit to this Rangers system. If the Rangers do have some more pitching injuries, which I'm hoping that they don't, maybe Cody Bradford could look at cracking that rotation. I don't know. I really want to see a full season of him crush it at AAA before we start to think about him moving into this rotation. Maybe next year he can fight with Dane Dunning or Cole Reagans for one of those spots. But on the hitter side, I got to give a shout out to JP Martinez. uh, I believe it's Julio Pablo Martinez, age 27, 22 games for him so far at this point, over a hundred plate appearances. He has got three home runs, five doubles, hitting 350 with an on base of 485 and slugging 525. That is a 10-10 OPS from the outfielder, I believe, signed out of Cuba. He's got 18 walks to 20 strikeouts and 15 stolen bases to just one caught stealing. This guy has put up some impressive seasons the last couple of years. It, it was really easy to kind of write him off. He had a couple of, of rough years right now. He is on the seven-day IL, but um, if he keeps this up, then it's going to be hard for the Rangers to not think about maybe bringing him up for a little bit of a spell. Travis Jankowski has done a really good job at the end of that roster coming in and filling in, hitting over 300 with uh, on base in 380s. But um, Julio Pablo Martinez has been uh, just really freaking good, or JP, I guess, as he's going by now, playing all three outfield positions. The Rangers are going to need to see some consistency out of him, and uh, I give a big... Uh, bonus shout out to him because he also shares my birthday also born on march 21st a couple years behind me but still a great season so far for him blaine Krim has been doing a pretty good job at first base so far hitting over 300 with it on base over 400 it doesn't quite have that three four five line the slugging is just 463 he's got a lot of power i'm sure he will tap more into that he's got 13 walks to seven strikeouts you love to see that justin foscue the guy who plays second base slash kind of third at times attempted and also left field, but he's probably DH. He's hitting 269, but his on base is 393 and an OPS of four or eight, not four, um, 855, three homers, 
seven doubles. Need to see more home run power for him to even really think about being an everyday major leaguer at some point or even really being a seductive trade bait at this point. Um, but, you know, shout out. He's, he's putting up numbers and, you know, he's doing his best. So shout out to him. In AA, I've already talked about Owen White putting up some pretty good numbers. It does have an ERA below three, even though he's not going super duper deep into games. He's not walking guys. The strikeouts are down just a little bit, but still um, he has done a pretty good job. Mark Church in the bullpen has an ERA under two, 10 and a third innings, 17 to strikeouts. Love to see that. The walks at three and a half per nine are meh, fine. Strikeouts at nearly 15 per nine. That is something to keep an eye on. Maybe the Rangers promote him in this month of May, and then maybe the Rangers see him in the pen. Also got to give a shout out to Justin Slayton. Had a really rough couple of years for him. Um, he's got an ERA of zero through seven innings. Five uh, five of those were um, five games and 11 strikeouts. That is impressive stuff for him. It's been a rough couple of years. He's got some really nice stuff. Definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Another guy in the pen who maybe could earn that promotion and maybe could end up seeing the Rangers pen at some point if these struggles um, continue. He is out of Longview, Texas, a former third-round pick out of the University of Mexico. Right now, he is on the seven-day IL, but I'm hoping that he has a speedy recovery and he can continue to just absolutely shove like he has so far in his first five games and seven innings of the season. Going down the list, we talked a little bit about Kumar Rocker in high A. He has done a pretty decent job um, not walking guys, 2.1 walks per nine. Absolutely love to see that. That is the thing that I'm watching the most for him. The 23-year-old in high A has got 17 and a third innings in four starts. Again, they're also limiting his innings, trying to be, be careful with him, which I respect and I think is probably a good move. A 363 ERA is not, not the best, but it's it's fine. He hasn't allowed a home run, and he has 15.1 strikeouts per nine. Love to see that from Kumar Rocker going out there, dominating these guys, knowing that he is better than them, and that is a great, great thing. Also, Mitch Bratt, the Canadian teenager who is shoving so far through three starts, 11 and two-thirds innings, 15 strikeouts, a 231 ERA. Really nice stuff from him for a guy who got really battered around and sacrificed to the wolves in that one WBC start. Didn't allow a home run there, um, and shouts to him for that. Still has not allowed a home run um, this season in uh, minor league ball either. So shouts on that end. On the hitter side, I got to give some props to Maximo Acosta, a guy who has really fallen off. He was a former top 30 prospect. I'd had him on my list, and a lot of guys had seen him and kind of written him off. But so far, as a 20-year-old in high A, he is doing a really, really good job out there. In 19 games, he's got an OPS over 900. I believe he's still playing shortstop, got a pair of home runs, eight stolen bases, and on base over 400, slugging over 500. He has got the 3-4-5 line that you love, hitting 350, um, three on base. 421 slugging 515 while playing shortstop stealing a lot of bases and walking at a decent clip that is what you love to see Alejandro Ozuna OPS over 800 a guy who just jumped on to my top 30 prospects at uh, 28 before the season pretty solid stuff from him good to see him doing well not a whole lot else worth a whole lot of eyeballs at this point then we drop on down to the lowest full season level at uh, at low A and we have some interesting stuff here. Some very interesting stuff. Brock Porter has averaged three innings per outing, four starts, 12 innings, 19 strikeouts, and 10 walks. 3.8 hits per nine, a 2.25 ERA. Um, yeah, and seven and a half walks per nine while striking out nearly double that. Um, 
yeah, kind of interesting. Kind of a teenager in his first full season. Actually, well, I guess he's 20 now. Jesus, I d- didn't real- realize that he turned... Well, he turns 20 in June, I should say. He was a little older when the Rangers drafted him out of high school. But still, these things are going to happen. He's putting up the strikeout numbers. I anticipate those walks are surely going to go down. I mean, surely. Not going to stay at 7.5. That might raise some red flags if it's a full season. It's like, okay, those are still those are still a whole lot of walks. I think he'll figure it out. It's good to see him out there dominating, though. That has been impressive. There were a lot of hitters that I was really excited about in this lowest level that were kind of being challenged by being put here, including Anthony Gutierrez, who... Has, has done decently well um, holding his own. It was an aggressive assignment, putting the 18-year-old in full-season ball. He's got a 650 OP, 654 OPS, um, five walks to 18 strikeouts, six stolen bases to just three times caught stealing. He is still very young, played uh, 16 games in center field, so he is the one who is primarily holding down center field. That is a little bit of a nod of how they feel about him. Jason Morabelt was another guy who was similar to him. Um, I think there were a little bit lower expectations for him. He is a year older. He is 19, also struggling pretty mightily. Um, Gutierrez is, is doing okay, but but all these these young 19-year-olds, Daniel Cueva, Jason Morabelt, Glider Figueroa, who... I thought, okay, let's see what these guys can do in full season ball. And they have not done super well. All of them have an OPS below 550. It is a long season. It is an aggressive assignment, but they have not done super well to start the season. I do have to give credit to Jason Morabell, even though he's hitting below 200. His on base is at 364 because he's got more walks and strikeouts. That is an impressive thing. And seven stolen bases to just one time caught stealing and does not yet have an extra base hit. I think that'll eventually change by the end of the season. But um, still, an aggressive assignment for him. Glider Figueroa is also walking at a pretty decent rate. Um, 10 walks to 24 strikeouts. His on base is still below 300. But, you know, nice to see him at least walking at an okay rate. We're not seeing a whole lot of walk from Daniel Cueva. We probably won't. That's not the kind of player that he is. Um, he does have four or five extra base hits, four doubles, and one triple so far, um, but not the best offensive numbers for him there. Outside of Brock Porter, the other pitchers in low A are not not super uh, not super impressive. I mean, Josh Gessner has an ERA under two and a half, but he's also got ten walks in fifteen and third innings. There's a lot a lot of walks for this low A team. Five walks per nine for the entire staff, also 11.1 strikeouts per nine. Um, so, yeah, kind of a, a wild bunch down there on the pitching side in low A. We kind of knew that. Uh, a little bit of an underwhelming lineup so far from a guys who had a lot of promise, and I'm, I'm sure that some of them will end up fig- figuring it out. JoJo Blackman has an OPS uh, above 775, so that's nice for a 21-year-old or a 20-year-old in full-season ball. But other than that, the offense has been a little bit lacking from this group. That's okay. They're young. They will still figure it out. I have a lot of faith in this farm system. It is headed in the right direction. Again, there is no need to worry too much about Evan Carter. He is going to continue to mash. And uh, I think my my most realistic earliest case scenario for Evan Carter to come up is at the all-star break. I think if a medium median expectation would be sometime before his 21st birthday, which is at the very end of August. I believe it is, yes, August 29th. So I, I think that a, a more conservative estimate has him up sometime in August when the Rangers are competing for hopefully keeping that AL West crown where they currently sit atop the AL West 
all by themselves. Thank you all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy this weekend series. Hopefully a series win against the Angels. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.